0: boosting vaccination rates for prisoners and ensuring good hygiene and social distancing are adhered to. Now, David's calling for an urgent review in this, and he joins me on the program. Good morning to you, David. How
1: are you, mate? Yeah, good, Marcus. How are you this morning?
0: Yeah, not bad. Now, you saying, <laughs> rightly so, the evidence is there that, uh, you know, one of the key indicators that a prisoner will not reoffend after release is having access to, to family members, and I would have thought that also should include children...
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and um, you know, there are there are some inmates who haven't seen their four year old kids, their six month old kids, their well ever, they've ever seen their six month old kids ever haven't seen their four, five, ten year old kids for Mm. six months or more. Yeah. Some of them twelve months. And and if you want somebody to succeed once they get out of prison, ensuring that they've got a family to go to and those family connections, that's about what that's about the most critical indicator that somebody won't re offend because they've got those family connections. And right now, um, they face a, a Christmas without seeing any of their kids if they're aged under 12. And that's um, particularly brutal. I don't know if you've ever heard that, uh, um, Making Gravy by Paul Kelly. That oh, yes, about. absolutely. So, yep, yep. Um, if that doesn't sort of, you know, um, put, a, put a rise in you, or, you know a, a sort of emotional rise in you thinking about, uh, you know, in this case, more than 10,000 people who um, over Christmas won't be able to see their, their kids. That's pretty tough.
0: But surely, David, surely um, corrections in New South Wales could have COVID-safe measures in place to ensure that uh, the children can visit parents who are incarcerated over this holiday period.
1: Uh, yeah, well, well, groups like Shine for Kids. I mean, they are experts in this. They 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 facilitate tens of thousands of visits between kids and um, and 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 their parents mm-hmm. over. Uh, uh, you know, in, in prison, that they, they say that, that surely we can come up with some COVID-safe arrangements. We could do rapid antigen testing on yep. both the um, on, on the, the kids before they go in and on the inmates after. I'm sure there would be some inmates who'd be willing to say, well, look, they'll spend three days in isolation after mm. seeing their family and be rapid antigen tested. There could be, you know, social distancing put in place. So they could be on the other side of a perspex screen or something. But, you know, the idea that we would have no prison visits over Christmas with um, thousands of kids aged under 12 can't see their parents parents can't see their kids look I know people are put into prison to be punished but we don't put in people into prison to be cruel to them and we also want people to succeed when they get out of prison and and this decision goes against all of that
0: well what can we do about it David
1: (laughs) well uh just on Friday actually I fired off correspondence to the um Commissioner for Correctives. Um, and I know, as I said, groups like Shine for Kids, they've just picked up their campaign. They've, they've contacted me over the weekend. Okay. They're as concerned as we are about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we are going to be actively engaging with the Minister and the, um, the, the the acting Commissioner for Corrections this week. But I'd also ask people if they are concerned about this, you know, it's Christmas. Think about having a bit of Christmas charity over, over this bit. Contact your local MP and say, um, you know, uh, what will they do to ensure that, that this Christmas won't be so brutal for those people in jail? All
0: right, well, um, I, I'll follow it. I, I hope that uh, there is some some sort of uh, understanding and compassion here. Um, you know, it's not the kid's fault.
1: And <coughs> no, that's, it's not, no. That's and now, the, issue. Look, the other thing to remember, Marcus, is, um, there is such a disproportionate number of Aboriginal people in jail. It's mm-hmm. really hurting Aboriginal communities over Christmas. Aboriginal mums and dads, um, you know, already face so many barriers to keeping in contact with their kids. This is going to be really hard, hurting those First Nations communities across the state.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Um, there's been a uh, a bit of a a hear no evil, see no evil approach to detecting fraud in its multi-billion dollar grant programs by the New South Wales State Government. What can you tell me about this?
1: Yeah, we had another hearing last week of the Public Accountability Committee, mm-hmm. the committee that I, um, that I chair, and so we're looking into the grants programs. You know, I think we've spoken previously, Marcus, about how highly politicised that money spend has been, you know, the yep. pork-barrelling aspects. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in this case, we're looking at the amount of fraud in the scheme. And we had the experts that the government had actually contracted to come in and work out how to put, put in fraud detection and fraud control measures. This, this company called Core Integrity. Yeah. And they are like the experts, you know, um, decades of experience in the police, in fraud investigations. They, they said to the government, look, you've got to lift your game. You've got to put more resources in and you've got to put some sophisticated fraud detection software in place to make the connections mm-hmm. because I mean, I'll give you one classic example. There were at least three different outlaw motorcycle gangs that targeted the ten thousand dollars bushfire grants um, with fraud, and they put in dozens and dozens of applications. I think there was there was one group in Lake Macquarie, there was another group in the Hunter, there was another group on the North Coast, and and they 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 squeezed millions of dollars out of the scheme, and it was only detected by um, um, by, by some policing, not by the Service New South Wales scheme that actually did the. Um, Handed out all the money, um, and they found that you know so many applications came from the same compound in Lake Macquarie, or the same using the same address, which was a, a bikey compound um, in the Hunter Valley. <laughs> but um, and then that, that the control measure that Service New South Wales had in place to detect fraud um, was was literally just one person really, one person with a with an Excel spreadsheet putting all the applications in and trying to look for connections, you know, the same address or the same email address yeah. or common things. And it's just when you're talking tens and tens and tens of thousands of applications, billions of dollars, that's just so unfit for purpose. Anyhow Well it's inadequate,
0: instance, really. It's it's absolutely inadequate.
1: Well I mean it's it's, you know, rudimentary was the polite description the experts gave to us. So mm. I would say, you know, pretend fraud control. And of course the less fraud that's detected, the less bad news stories there are there for the government. You know, in some ways, they don't want to see the fraud because they want to have a good news story. They got hundreds of millions of dollars out the door for in emergency assistance. They don't want to find out that, you know, 10, 15, 20 percent of it was carved off for fraud. So so Core Integrity said, you've got to increase the resources. You've got to put in this additional software. You've got to do all of this. Otherwise, you're not going to find the fraud. Yeah. Roll on 18 months. What has the government done? What's its primary fraud control measure? Still some poor sod with a spreadsheet. Still, do you know? Um, We're talking investments in the millions of dollars for fraud control to protect billions of dollars of public money, and the government still won't do it. I'd say they're not doing it because they want to have a media management tool rather than a fraud management tool. You find fraud, it's embarrassing, they'd rather not see it.
0: Well, uh, we would rather it is exposed, and those that are defrauding uh, the New South Wales public of, you know, a hard-earned money. <laughs> we would like to yeah. see it found. We would like to see them prosecuted, and and then dealt with accordingly. I would have thought.
1: Yeah. Well, um, bring in Victor Dominello and and put the hard word on him because that's what we'll be doing uh, over the next um, next two months. We'll be writing this report up. We'll be putting the hard word on the government. I can tell you we'll roll into budget estimates early next year and we are going to be targeted and focused on this.
0: Well, that's if Victor's yeah. still there. Uh, I mean, I'm well, reading this morning he's on the outer anyway, if you can believe what yeah, the press are writing. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, yes, I, I we'll bring in whatever minister is responsible for this because it's not just that these people are stealing public money. I mean, that's, that's dreadful and bad as it is, but it's also the opportunity cost because every $10,000 that's sucked out by some some fraudulent application is $10,000 is not going to somebody who needs it to rebuild their small business or needs it to, in order to put the fencing on their farm or needs it because, you know, they lost so much um, um, uh, over the COVID emergency. And it's the opportunity cost that makes me as angry as anything about this as always david great
0: to chat um we'll probably leave it there for this year unless anything uh, major pops up but as always mate i do thank you for your time each and every monday uh, well done i think i think you've done some outstanding work this uh, this year in in holding the the new south wales government to account uh, i don't think it, i can't name any other mp to be honest who who works as tirelessly as as you do in trying to you know, make sure that taxpayers' dollars are well spent. And well done to you, mate. Well done.
1: Oh, cheers, Marcus. And I, I appreciate you willing to look into these things and follow it through week after week. We actually need more people in the media covering these issues, going—you know not just taking the, the, the sort of pre-chewed media story from the government of the day, but actually challenging these issues. So I think it's really important the work you do,
0: Marcus. Well, that's the job, I, as far as yeah, I'm well, concerned.
1: That's the job. If you're not doing that, you shouldn't be in it. All well, right, right, mate. I hope you have a safe Christmas, and, um, and and we'll speak next year.
0: We absolutely will. All right, David, thanks again for your time, as always, mate.
1: Cheers. Bye.